Hockey Canada sent me a DM. That's how all that went on. They said, hey, FYI, the boys picked your song as the goal song this year. So, And that was it. I had to read it like six times to see, is this for real? The Country 107 Morning Show with Dave Anthony. All right, joined now with one of Canada's brightest stars. He is a chart-topping, one of the best entertainers around. He is the Canadian king of the aviators, Mr. Tim Hicks. Thanks for doing this today, Tim. Oh, my pleasure. You forgot uh, expert laundry folder and stay-at-home dad. See, I wanted you to throw that in. <laughs> uh, have you have you had more chances to work on that particular skill since you haven't been on the road much? Oh yeah, oh yeah. It was it was pretty jarring, like to to come back from you know what was supposed to be my my world tour and be thrust into the throes of uh, of uh, domestic life. Yeah, it was quite quite uh, quite an adjustment. But you know what? I've I've embraced it really, and I actually kind of like it. I get up every morning, make the kids lunches, and make sure Amanda has her tea and. You know, if I don't have too many chores, then I can work on some music on the side. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But you got to, you got to be, you know, husband and dad first, and then figure it all out from there. Absolutely. Absolutely. At, w- at what point were you left alone to fold laundry? You didn't have supervision, or does she still watch over your shoulder a little bit? Oh no, no, no. See, that's the thing. So my my wife worked in retail for a lot of years. So <laughs> when when we first started living together, she's like, "Listen, I'm going to show you once. This is how you fold a t-shirt. Okay, get good at it." <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm I'm a gap quality uh, laundry folder now. I'm that, proud to say that yeah. is impressive, and you can pass yeah, that yeah. down generations, Tim. Like you're Absolutely. you're spreading joy of music and folding laundry. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> uh, you know, you got your new single coming out. Do you get excited or nervous when new music comes out, man? Yeah, both. Like I, you know, excited because it's it's always nice to have something fresh out there, and you have people's ear for a moment. And uh, but you know, always a, a little with the nerves, like is. is going to be my last single is radio going to play it like those kinds of things that you ask you know yourself as you're falling asleep tonight uh but um it, it is what it is and you know i i'm, I'm proud of the song i wrote it with Derek Rattan and, and Derek hoffman at the ccma socan songwriter camp last january not this past january but a year ago so uh, so i've had it in my back pocket a little while and uh, i'm excited to get it out it's you know unfortunately it's one of these ones that i can't wait to play live <laughs> you know what i mean it's like it's tailor-made for an arena show and uh, it looks like it's going to be a little while before we can get to that. But in the meantime, I hope I can I can bring everyone there in their minds when they're listening to it. You know? Yeah, for sure, man. I got to tell you, the Reckless, the album, man, like that is all arena tunes. And, and you know, you. yeah, Wreck This Town. You know, it, it, it's such a good song. It probably didn't track as well because you couldn't get get to it live as much as you maybe would have wanted to. Well, that's just it, and we knew it was a risk to release it. See, in Ontario, uh, in the summer, things were looking really good. We were down to like 11 cases in Niagara, and we, we took the risk that a song, you know, putting a song like that out, we were kind of hoping that the world would open up a little bit, we could get back to live shows and whatnot, but, and of course, the second wave hit. Uh, but that's okay, because, you know, those songs live in the repertoire, and they live in the live show, and that's where they're meant to live. You know, the thing about that is, I was slated to release more songs to complete the album. So I had Wreck, I had Wreck This, and I had this big plan out to do three more call and make it Wreck This Town. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, as 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 uh, John Lennon says, uh, life is what happens when you uh, when you're making plans. So <laughs> the plans got thrown out the window, and I just decided, like, uh, you know, 2020 was such a horrible year and left such a bad taste in everyone's mouth that anything I was doing last year, let's just cut ties with and and look forward to something fresh and something new. So here we are releasing the good, the bad, and the pretty. And it's uh, the first single, you know, to to be the next record, you know? That is so cool. And you know what? It's such a great track as well. You talk about being proud when when you put music out. Uh, you know, when, when it comes together in the studio and you hear it for the first time, what's that experience like for you? Super exciting, yeah. And, and you know, the way that we cut records uh, prior to this, especially on the first couple, I, cause, because I don't live in Nashville, I live in Canada, 
um, so the, for the first record, for sure, I would fly in and go to the studio, put the headphones on, and I'd be listening to my album for the first time as I was singing it. You know what I mean? All the tracks would, would be done, and I'd be adding the vocals. Um, and so it was really exciting. And, you know, when I cut Shake These Walls especially, I cut it with a, a band sort of live off the floor, Nashville style, as they say. And I still have on my phone the first take of Slide Over that they did, because that was the first song we did. And to listen to a, a band on Music Row in Nashville, Tennessee, play your song for the first time, and the first take, it sounds like it's on the radio, it was really exciting. So it's, it's something that, you know, it doesn't go away. That no matter how many times you record a song, the first time you hear it all pieced together is like, it's super exciting. I'm glad you mentioned Slide Over because I, I think it's a travesty that song never reached number one. That is still <laughs> one of my favorite songs from you. And, and yeah. you know, it was so close, eh? Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, it was one of those ones that uh, is my, my good friend Jason Blaine says that the two worst numbers are number two and number 11. <laughs> <laughs> but it didn't matter to me because, you know, I was kind of a number seven sort of guy, you know what I mean? And uh, so to have a song reach that far up and then, you know, it's, since then the business has changed a bit because, of course, you know, but maybe the audience doesn't know, it was super difficult for a Canadian to have a number one in Canada prior to the last five years, I would say. Uh, but uh, the rules changed a little bit, and, and the industry changed a little bit, and now we're able to, to uh, get over that hurdle. And, and now, you know, No Truck Song went number one this summer and, and what a song should do. So I've been pretty lucky, man. I can't complain. I, I've had uh, lots of love from, from fans and from radio alike. Yeah, back-to-back number ones. Like, it's got to – is it just as exciting with that, that first number one as it was oh, to yeah. follow it up with No Truck Song? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This, anytime you have a number one – or anything like that, like yeah, a gold single or a platinum single. It's it never gets old. That, that, that you know, and for me, I just ride that wave for a week. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just you know, it's just so great. Is it even better because it showcases the the overall talent you have that you go from something you know deep like what a song should do, and then something kind of lighter and fun like No Truck Song? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I mean, those songs show two very different sides of who I am as an artist. And and you know, if I'm honest. Uh, like I, I didn't think I thought No Truck Song was a terrible choice as a single. I just just thought it was too silly, and but um, but my record company was really behind it, and they're like, no, trust us, this, you know, there's something about this song that people are gonna like, and it turned out to be the perfect song for the t- for the time, you know, in a time when the world was so dark and bleak, and people were bummed out, and then we put out this kind of light and fun, tongue and cheek sort of song. Um, it resonated with people, and it just goes to show you that you never know. What's, what people are going to resonate with and, and what they aren't. And uh, I'm just pleased that, that I could put a smile on somebody's face in the middle of a pandemic, you know? Yep. Talking with Tim Hicks, uh, getting ready to release the forthcoming album, The Good, The Bad, and The Pretty. Boy, oh boy. Mm-hmm. What a great song. I mean, just take us behind the scenes of making this track, and, and as you're ready to release it, you know, what it means to you to let it out in the world. Yeah, so I wrote it with uh, with Derek Rutan, Derek Hoffman, and... Um, it was one of these ones that I, I just I kind of wanted to pay tribute to all the little bars that I had played over the years, um, and you know some of them or lots of them in small towns where there was only one bar to play. So you, you got a mix of people between you know professionals in their suits and, and bikers, and uh, then there'd be a family in the corner having dinner, and then young people would come later on, and it was a mishmash of people, but there was almost never any trouble. Everyone's seem to get along and have that room in common for a short period of time. And I, like I said, I just I wanted to pay tribute to, to that and to those people, some of which are still my close friends to this day. So um, 
So I brought the title in and actually had the title as The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly. Because I thought, wouldn't it be great? Like the old film, right? The Clint Eastwood film. Like, to, uh, big for a great country song. And Derek Rattan um, was like, I don't know, man. It's it's kind of a weird word to sing. Ugly. And it's it's a little bit like, it's it's got a strange connotation. I said, well, what do you want to call it, Derek? The Good, The Bad, and The Pretty? And he says, uh, yeah. <laughs> that sounds great. I said, that's not even a thing. He said, it is now. Let's write it. You know, and when, when Derek Rattan stands up off the couch and says, this is what we're going to do, you listen. You know what I mean? He's a, oh yeah, uh, yeah. He's like a, a seasoned, a wonderfully talented number one hit songwriter. You know, worldwide. So anytime he speaks, I, I shut up and listen. Yeah, I, I don't know if people know just how much of an impact he's had in the music scene, and and it's mm-hmm. cross country, like it's cross borders, right? The guy is just phenomenal. Yeah. Is it intimidating being in a room with him? You know, writing <laughs> and throwing out ideas. No, no, no. I mean, we're such good friends. It doesn't matter, but. He does this thing. Actually, I called him out on it last time we wrote on Zoom because where he was sitting, he has all his awards behind him. <laughs> and and then every now and again, like as a joke, right, you'll be kind of like arguing over a line or it should go this way, it should go that way. And he just points, he just points <laughs> to all his awards on the wall. <laughs> I was like, so I said, oh, there, there, there's all them, them awards again. Uh, uh, I'm not going to get a word in edgewise. And he's like, oh, I'll, I'll move to the other chair. <laughs> oh, that's such such a beauty move. Uh, yeah, he's a great guy. What's it like writing over Zoom? Is that something you've done before? Or did you have to make that adjustment because of the pandemic? Well, it was kind of a dirty word, to be honest. I mean, Zoom didn't exist, but I, I tried to get Skype right going, you know, with my colleagues in Nashville, like from way, way back, um, just because I had done it a few times with friends of mine. But there seemed to be an attitude that if you wanted to write with the Nashville writers, you had to be in Nashville. But if you can't get to Nashville, and you know, everybody starts writing on Zoom or if you can't leave your home. Um, and it, honestly, it's been wonderful. Like once we got in the swing of it, it's it's a really focused way to write a song. Um, the the disadvantage is that you can't you can't sing with each other because of the lag in, in the internet. Like you're you're not in time with each other if you're singing with. Like if, for instance, if I'm playing guitar and you're on the other end, you're hearing me play guitar and you're singing, but you're hearing a delayed version of that. So what's coming back to me isn't in time. So someone has to kind of have an idea worked out before you start which is great because it forces everyone to kind of push themselves and do a little bit of homework and uh, we usually wind up with a with a pretty good song pretty quickly so i've really enjoyed it i i hope it sticks around because it does cause you know some um like strain on my family when i'm away for a week or two weeks writing you know what i mean so i hope that's one of those things that sticks around I really think it will, and uh, I, I, as much as you enjoy that time getting to write, how much do you miss, you know, the road and being in a studio putting a song together? Yeah, well, I mean, I have a studio at my house, so I'm able to cut vocals and, and work. Um, so it's it's uh, I'm not so much missing the studio, but definitely the road and, and playing live shows. I mean, for a guy like me, everything I do from the writing of the songs to the picking of the songs are all a conduit to get to a concert. You know, all the songs have to have a place in the set and they have to make sense for the show and they all support the idea of a concert <laughs> you know what i mean so because i was you know it i, I was uh, uh rooted in the live scene like prior to any of this happening and i've continued that you know it's really important for me to be able to execute these songs live and to, to put on a great show and if you can't do a show it can be pretty daunting out there so i, I am looking forward to it as much as i you know, i've really loved my time at home it's given me a chance to reconnect with my wife and my family and my kids and 
but I do miss, uh, you know, stepping on a stage and listening to 5,000 of my closest friends sing my songs with me, you know? Yep. Just a couple more before I let you go here, Tim. You, t- you just mm-hmm. touched on it, getting to spend time at home with, with the family. Yep. And a, is it is it a stressful time? Because usually if an artist is, is is at home, they're usually thinking about they need to get back out on the road and make some money. You can't really yeah. do that, Tim. So is it a little bit no. less stress? Yeah, I mean, definitely there's a lot of stress. I mean, I've, I've had a, I had a hard time, especially early on, like um, uh, sleeping. And um, I realized probably mid-summer uh, as I came out of my funk that I was grieving. I was grieving the loss of my tour, the loss of my work. And at the time, it felt like the loss of my career. Um, I felt responsible for all my band members and my crew guys that weren't making any money and they were struggling financially. And so it was a really hard go on my mental health there for a while. But, uh, you know, as, as it sort of warmed up in the summer and, and we got a taste of what it would be like once this whole thing clears, it sort of gave me the energy and the inspiration to get back on the horse and, and, uh, and get out there. So, so to make a long story over, yeah, it's a pretty stressful time. You know, I, I, I'm lucky in the sense that I write my songs and I'm able to support my, my end of the bargain just with royalty checks, you know, um, that, that come every, every so often. Uh, but uh, it's not the case for your guitar techs, your stagehands, your tour managers, your venue people, your ushers, uh, merch people, you know what I mean? The, the whole industry is struggling. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to the time when uh, we can get back at it and get those wheels turning again. Yeah, people don't really realize just how much that big name on the marquee is responsible for, eh? Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know, and it's uh, and I I didn't I didn't either until I had people that were looking to me. You know what I mean for <laughs> for for leadership and for uh, for work, and and so I understand fully now. All right, well, two more just to wrap it up. Uh, I know that it's stressful, and you know you're responsible for a lot of other people, but getting to to be home in your own bed every night and getting to tuck yeah. your kids in and read stories and be dad again, yeah. that's got to mean a lot to you. That you could do it consistently, eh? Yeah, yeah, I really, really, it really does mean a lot, and that's been the positive, um, the positive spin on this whole thing is like just being able to be here and and to be reliable and you know learn and learn how, how the how the house how the household runs, what it takes to put a meal plan together and to go out and get groceries and um, you know do all the things, man. So you know, I think it's it's given given me like a, definitely a, a new appreciation of my wife and what she's done for our family over the last eight years and hopefully we can kind of we can come out of this with an understanding of balance you know with trying to balance our our careers with our lives at home and and i'm not talking about just me i'm talking about you know us as a society in general you know what i mean yeah it's true uh, there's a lot deeper meaning to this that we can take away yeah for sure uh tim we'll wrap up with this uh you know we, we desperately wanted hockey back this year and uh, before the NHL got to go, the World Juniors got to go. And, you know, you're hanging out there, and all of a sudden, Canada scores a goal, and what do you hear? Loud, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was wild. They, they, Hockey Canada sent me a DM. That's how all that went on. They said, hey, FYI, the boys picked your song as the goal song this year. So if you'd like to uh, take part in our uh, socials, uh, in our social campaign, here's the hashtag. <laughs> and that was it. I had to read it like six times. To see, Is this for real? And uh, as it turns out, uh, they said, yeah, there was a couple of fellows on the team that were associated with the Niagara Ice Dogs, which is our hockey team here in town. Um, and so they were fans. And I, I, would tr- I was truly honored. You know, any time that I can have a small part to play in a moment of national pride is a big win for me. So, you know, it was too bad that the boys couldn't take home gold, but I thought they played great, and uh, I was really proud to be a part of that. Well, Tim, you looked great in the jersey. The song is awesome. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the album wreck this was fantastic. This new project's going to be just as good. Thank you so much for doing this today and taking the time, and 
uh, anytime we're able to chat, we love having you, man, because you're, you're just really it. amazing. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Say hi to the team, and uh, we'll talk to you again real soon. The Country 107 Morning Show with Dave Anthony. Weekday mornings, only on Country 107.